Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF podcast. It's Friday, April 15th. Fashion brands have long contended with the issue of cultural appropriation, plundering from the heritage of other cultures to use in their fashion products for years. And then the pandemic hit. Artisanal communities who depend on these heritage crafts for their livelihoods were already treading water pre-COVID. The pandemic only exacerbated their challenges. This is where Root Studio comes in. Founded by the entrepreneur Rebecca Huey, the Indigenous Arts Organization aims to provide credit and equitable compensation to artisans around the world. At BOF Voices 2021, Rebecca was joined by Seno Tsuha, a teacher, farmer, and Indigenous women's rights activist who belongs to the Chakhesang tribe of Nagaland, India. When it comes to, you know, the textiles that we use, it's not just a piece of cloth, but it has social meanings to it, it has cultural importance to it. And so when we talk about respect, especially in fashion, I think it's very important to understand the local context, the historical context, and also the social meanings, the culture meanings, spirituality meanings attached to the piece of cloth. And I think, you know, if you understand that, and if you acknowledge that, that's where respect comes in for me. First, Rebecca told the story of her quest to preserve heritage crafts by providing authorship, voice, and revenue to artisanal communities. Here are Rebecca Huey and Seno Tsuha at BOF Voices 2021. 10 years ago, I was coming from an urban planning background, fresh out of school, and I was really interested in understanding these rural and urban disparities I was reading so much about. So I ended up in India. And in India, one of the first things that people from the US might notice is poverty. So I did what every naive American would do, build a school. (laughs) Especially because in rural areas, I had this thinking around, they can't get to school, so why don't we just bring the school to them? So let's make a school on wheels. So we constructed this 50-seater Mahindra bus. Uh, it was tactically put together as an owl because they were significant to the region. And it looks sort of like a version of Cher. And we hired teachers to teach out of the school. And it serviced four after-school programs in the northern villages of West Bengal. But in about a few weeks, the teachers came to me from the city and said, these kids are too shy. They simply can't pick up English and math as quickly as the kids in the city. As I spend more time in the community, I didn't see these kids as being shy. When they danced, when they played music, when they conducted their crafts, they were bold. This girl was told that she couldn't pass to the second standard 
But when she stepped with her Santali traditional dance, I wanted a Juilliard recruiter to be there because she would shine. What I learned as I spend more time in indigenous communities is that they're not poor people. They have so much traditional knowledge and creativity, but with this whole narrative that's constantly told to them that progress means the future that we see here with urbanization and technology, their voice and potential is obscured. With unstable farming income as subsistence farmers, they're not able to continue living off the land as easily. They're looking for income and they end up leaving their communities to become someone else. But materiality is so different. When you make everything you own, you only make what you need. It takes the colors that you see from their clothing is often a reflection of the wood bark or the tea that was harvested on the land. And instead of just buying gold as a form of inheritance, these objects then are passed down from mother to daughter and the generations after. But over the next few years, as I spend more time in indigenous communities, there was really this loss of confidence. This man, he's a tractor driver. His name is Kuldeep Kushram from Chachiskar in Madhya Pradesh. He calls himself a tractor driver and a farmer for a living. But one day he brought me into his house, gave me a cup of chai, and then showed me his paintings. But he hid it from himself. So I ended up thinking about all these incredible cultures and the knowledge that they hold in their hearts that has been obscured by this idea that they should leave, become someone else, learn English and math. And I realized it's not about closing the disparity between rural and urban areas by giving them this form of education to become someone else, but it's formalizing the traditional knowledge and the skills and assets that already exist there. So that started my journey on starting Roots Studio. A few years later, I went down to Paris to understand how does the cultural world work? How is that set? And this woman was talking about the trends that were coming through. She said these terms, cottage core, pastoralism, bucolic is going to be really in vogue. <laughs> and she's like flicking through these slides. And a lot of the images were, you know, there's a lot of Ayurveda going on and things like that. And everyone's just taking notes around that. And it's kind of humorous, right? But I think the underlying sentiment is valid, which is that in our world of hyperconsumption and growth, we're still looking to slow down and also heal. But when it's taken out of context and it loses its um, connection, and we see these images and these concepts, and it's repackaged and then manufactured into the millions, it's sort of an empty version of itself. And not only that, because a lot of these concepts are borrowed as Eastern mysticism, when communities and people who have been practicing this for centuries see their concepts butchered, it leads to this concept of appropriation. But we're in a space with a lot of accusation and little room for redemption. Everyone doesn't want to end up on Dive Prada. They don't want to get canceled. So we don't try at all, right? But that leads to a world of more homogeneity, and the world will ultimately become just dominated by one aesthetic. It became clear to me that we could actually connect these two worlds together. Why not let the people who've been living in cottages who are pastoralists design cottage core and pastoralism and actually share their traditional knowledge as well? So Root Studio was started under this idea of bridging global communities, indigenous communities to the global fashion market through three pillars, respect, reciprocity, and remuneration. The key elements of respect are around recognition. So for instance, this woman, Birabai, 
She comes from a matrilineal tribe in Madhya Pradesh, and when her home burned down in Jabwa, Madhya Pradesh, she moved to the city looking for work, but everyone didn't want to hire her because of the tattoos on her face. She finally found a job cutting grass at the front lawn of the museum, and at this museum, she saw people painting. She took the same traditions as a tattoo artist and then started readapting it using paintbrush and acrylic. When we bridged her story with a partner, we made sure that her story was completely told, that her name is on the collection. So they're not just a laborer hidden in the back with a designer title that's from the West. Reciprocity. When you're bridging cultures together, it's really important that both sides of the equation understand what we're saying and made aware. The Morley community Maharashtra have these incredible motifs and designs that narrate folklore and also other significant parts of their way of life. They said explicitly, you know, we're looking for ways to expand our income, but we don't want any of our sacred motifs to be appearing near the groin area or also on the feet. But there are contexts in which it can show up. So there's ways in which fashion can creatively collaborate as long as there's consent and both sides are well aware of the equation. Lastly, remuneration. If the idea of leaving the village was choosing between earning an income or realizing that people will pay for your traditional knowledge because organic Zen and sustainability is now a multi-billion dollar market, I was damn sure that we could get them paid. Now, a lot of the times when people ask me, why am I so passionate about bridging cultures? I realize that a lot of times people don't understand that the perception of these communities is extraordinarily one-dimensional. When I went to Chizami village in Nagaland, I realized that even though I might have this intention of wanting to collaborate or bridge, I met a woman who taught me so much about how I should exist in the world, how I should care for the land, and how I should continue on with more respect, compassion, and dignity. And that's the honor that I've had in doing this work for the last 10 years. And I'm so excited that we are able to bring her all the way here from Chizami Village, which is on the border of India, China, and Myanmar. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. 
It's advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. How did you get here? Tell us about your journey. Yeah, thank you, Rebecca. I started my journey from my village on 29th November in the morning to the state capital where I have to do my COVID test to meet the uh, COVID protocols of UK. And on 30th, I boarded a plane from uh, the only airport of my state to Kolkata, and from Kolkata to Mumbai, and from Mumbai, I boarded British Airways, which took me 10 and a half hours to land the, what people call it, the gray city. London, <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm happy to be uh, moving out and then, you know, this morning uh, to be with you all. Can you tell us a little bit more about your community and also Nagaland? I am from a small community, a Chagasan tribe, which is in the state of Nagaland. Nagaland is a small hilly state in the northeastern region of India, which is also a geostrategic location of the country because we share international boundaries with uh, China, the Tibet, and Bhutan, Nepal, Bangladesh, and Myanmar. And this has also made it uh, one of the most militarized uh, region in Asia, or I should say in the world. And it has also many history of conflict, armed conflict, and I would like to uh, focus on, you know, like more on the community. Nagaland is, uh, population is only like around two millions, where we have 16 major tribes and other sub-tribes, agriculture, the farming, subsistence agriculture is the main occupation, and besides that we do peripheral livelihood, which is uh, the craft, the traditional craft, the bamboo craft, the pottery, the beadwork, 
and uh, it is a rich culture, I should say. The Northeast region itself has uh, more than 200 ethnic groups in the region and uh, also one of the biodiversity hotspots of the world. And so when it comes to livelihood, it is a diverse livelihood and the kind of culture and kind of like handcrafted uh, work is usually like inspired from the uh, environment from the rich biodiversity around and each tribe is you know that is uh, can be identified by the kind of uh, ornaments that we wear by the kind of uh, textile designs that we wear and uh, it has also a rich oral music you know tradition and all the culture around the festivals around these are evolved from you know agricultural calendar can you tell us what it means for your designs to feel a sense of what does respect, reciprocity, and remuneration mean when you're looking to collaborate? When it comes to, you know, the textiles that we use, it's not just a piece of cloth, but it has social meanings to it, it has cultural importance to it. And so when we talk about respect, especially in fashion, I think it's very important to understand the local context the historical you know, context and also the social meanings, the culture meanings, spirituality meanings attached to the piece of cloth. And I think you know, if you understand that and if you acknowledge that, that's where respect comes in for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and in terms of reciprocity, what, what's the willingness and openness to, to share? We live in a world of coexistence. And we are, as indigenous peoples, we are based on, you know, like sharing the solidarity economy is very important part of our lifestyle or of our culture. But when, you know, like this trust is misused, that's where, you know, the boundaries comes in, that's where restriction comes in, that's where, you know, rigidity comes in. And I think it's very important that uh, we acknowledge each other, we respect the otherness and not only what you think is good, but what is good to others also, and that's very important aspect. Yeah, I think it's, it's so interesting to work between collectivists versus individualist societies and how we decide what do we protect as our own versus how do we share. Can you share also a little bit about what livelihoods and remuneration means to the weavers and the producers in your community? I work with a women's organization called Northeast Network. Northeast Network started a livelihood program uh, way back in uh, 2008, especially when it comes to textile. We started to revive, you know, like the, the or keep the tradition of weaving textiles alive and also create an opportunity to bring in sustainable livelihoods to the women, to the stakeholders who are mostly like marginalized. Uh, uh, having a very small plot of land to cultivate. So it is this time that we feel that, you know, it's important that side by side, when we talk about the social, social enhancement programs, it is also important to enhance livelihood opportunities. And that's when we started, you know, like working with the weavers and we feel that, you know, like they deserve uh, they deserve to be, you know, remunerated that the kind of time that goes into, you know, like weaving a piece of cloth because it's all handcrafted and that has to be understood. And I think it's very important that we acknowledge that bit when you try to collaborate. And I think it's 
so interesting to think about the role of money when it's production for life to sustain yourself and to be able to afford an education or buy seeds for the planning versus money in the context of just profit maximization. Yes. Um, can you share also a little bit about how COVID-19 affected your community? Uh, when COVID-19, the lockdown was announced and uh, it was sudden, we heard about, you know, like uh, uh, the pandemic, that's like the COVID that uh, is uh, now spreading, that was last year. And, uh, you know, it was taken it, uh, you know, like for the first time in our generation that we, we felt that the world has come to a halt, regardless of rich, regardless of, you know, like less developed or developing countries. And that was time where our community, I am from the rural area of Nagaland, so the impact was not as much as my friends who are in urban areas because their livelihood depends on, you know, like the small things that they do. There are workers in, in some shops, in some, you know, private sectors. And particularly the women whom we work, the street vendors in the urban settings of you know, the, the state, they were the ones who were the most impacted because they could not really earn a livelihood because complete you know, like lockdown was imposed. And I think that was also the time when we could see that our communities came together in solidarity to people who are disadvantaged during this lockdown. So there is this whole thing of community mobilization, women coming together, going into the forest to forage the green herbal, you know, edibles, the, the green, uh, the forest food, and gathering those and sending off to urban areas. It's also like during this time when, you know, like a lot of our young people came back to the village. They were out in the city working in some small private sectors and all. They came back, the community you know, organize a quarantine center where we don't call it a quarantine center, but a creativity hub where, you know, you know, like uh, the bamboo craft, you know, like the weaving stuff, the knitting stuff were made available and the young people who have come back from the cities were, you know, occupied with those creative little joyful things during quarantine and it did help a lot and it is also something that you know a lot of you know other communities also appreciated what our community did because it was trauma to come back you know suddenly they have to rush they have to catch trains they have to look for vehicles and when they landed in the village that was the space given in a nearby forest where a open space where you know like some of these creative little joyful things were made available to them at thus, you know, like even that's changing the whole, you know, uh, face of what pandemic is really because we were all scared and everybody was so stressed about, you know, the developments on this uh, disease. Yeah. And I think the other crisis, you know, climate change, we all are talking about in these high-level policy rooms, but as people who live off the land, when a monsoon season is late, or the rains don't come, it completely affects your life, right? You can't just go to the grocery store to buy um, more things. How has climate change affected you and your community? Climate change is a reality for all of us. We live in one planet. And when I talk about my community, our community you know, live on subsistence agriculture, and we are dependent on favorable climate 
And that's the time when, you know, like our people suffer when there is, you know, like this erratic rainfall where there is, you know, like rising temperature and drying up of our water sources and, you know, like pest disease, this crop disease. So it's like, you know, we are uh, like any other indigenous communities who are dependent on land are affected, impacted badly. And the kind of, you know, like uh, strategy, or I should say, uh, resilient, or I should say, you know, the living culture that we try to promote is, you know, agrobiodiversity. You promote diverse food. You grow diverse food so that you are not, you know, like affected that way that you have to starve. So I think, you know, it's also to do with uh, any other production patterns that you can't live on one thing. You need diverse livelihood. You need diverse ecosystems and uh, yeah I think uh, that's yeah. I mean you've done such an incredible lifetime of work in gender advocacy advocating for stewardship of the land what what brought you on this path and what message do you have for all of us today I believe on the principles the values of respect compassion, dignity, fairness for myself and for others. And that's the reason why I have taken this path. To be part of the healing process, I think we all need to be part of the healing process. To be part of, you know, like this changing scenario, especially in times of climate change, in times of pandemic, it is important for us to pause a while to listen to our own heartbeats and also to listen to the heartbeat of the land that you are standing, to breathe the air, to breathe the water, to feel you know, the heartbeat of our planet is important. And I think this is the moment that we have all come here for that reason. Thank you. Thank you. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person, too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. <coughs> Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. 
I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you 